0: Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips.
1: And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening.
0: The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. boots. With winter upon us, it's time to sharpen the secateurs ready for pruning. But what plants do we prune now and why? How do we prune them and exactly what tools should we be using? Those questions are all going to be answered right now by the pruning guru, Mr Keith Edwards. Mind me calling the pruning guru? (laughs)
1: I'm the pruning guru. (laughs) You are.
0: (laughs) There are so many plants that will benefit from a good prune at this time of the year. Deciduous, ornamental and fruit trees, roses, hydrangeas, grapevines, the list just goes on. Now, so how about we start with the deciduous trees? Now, one reason that that winter is the right time to prune them is because without their leaves, it is so much easier to see the shape of the tree and what needs to be removed. But... Are there any deciduous trees that we shouldn't be touching at this time of the year? Um not really. <laughs> I mean
1: that's a that's a very open question. And that, that's really throw me out. <laughs> Sorry. All right, look look it winter pruning is is something that is just so important to maintain the size and the shape and the health and the form and the vigor of the plant. Yes. All right. Yes. So with, with with any plant and any any form of pruning, um, it's it's totally unnatural for the plant to be pruned because yeah. it just wants to grow. Oh. It wants to it wants to colonise its space and be what it be what it wants to be. Yeah. You know, if it's a tree, it wants to get up there and, and be as dominant and you know own own, the, own its space. But pruning has allows us to maintain the shape, the form. And the way that the plant looks.
0: Have control.
1: So you've got con- total Maintain control. control yes, yeah, yes, it's, it, and, and look, w- when you actually understand how a plant works and how to prune, you are, are uh, enlightened with the amount of control that you've got over how that plant performs.
0: Okay, yes, I understand. All right, so, but, but a general rule of thumb to prune uh, is to prune after flowering or fruiting, right? Yes. To allow the maximum time for the plant to produce yes. the next season's flower buds. So it's safe to prune most tree, fruit trees like peaches, nectarines, apples, pears, cherry, I mean, the list goes on. Is it safe to prune all of those and, at this time of the year? Um.
1: No. Right. Tell okay. us what. Okay. All right. I always suggest that if you, if it, that, that for pruning you, you, have got to divide it up into two. You, you, if, if we just take fruit trees for instance, you mm. mentioned peaches, nectarines, mm. uh, plums. Those plants should best, and apricots. Mm. Those plants are best pruned in summer. Okay. Right? Or a little bit later than summer, and the reason for that is that. You you harvest the fruit first on on those varieties, and then you prune it prune those plants back to where you've where you've harvested that fruit off. Okay. So what happens then is that if, if for instance, with with peaches, they've generally finished by you know mid July. Uh, sorry, mid uh, January, uh, starting getting into early March, mm. they've generally finished producing their fruit. You then cut those back. And you cut them back, you can cut them back quite hard at that particular stage because what they're going to do is they're going to regrow their, those branches for the rest of that particular. Um, Season, mm. all right, mm. and that is where the, the the wood is produced that is going to have the flowers for next yes. year's fruit. Okay, all right. So always prune your 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 um, your peaches, peaches, your nectarines, nectarines and your plums, plums and your apricots. Always do those in, in summer. End of summer when they um, fruited, when yeah, they
0: have finished fruiting. So that's something we can't forget. No, really, wouldn't be But the most
1: do. important one of those three. Is apricots. Yeah, apricots have enormous amounts of sap flow, and if you prune an apricot tree in the middle of winter and you prune it hard, at the start of spring, that plant will send off enormous amounts of sap, which will just split the bark, which will just ooze out this oh. this sappy stuff that comes out through the top, yes. and that's where pest and disease can get in.
0: I have to admit, years ago that happened to my plum tree. That's I right. Pruned it in. Correctly, completely. Yeah. Incorrect.
1: So, yeah. So, you always do, do those trees in summer. Okay. So, the ones that you prune in winter, for instance, would be your pears, your cherries, your apples, um, and maybe maybe some of your, of your European plums as well. And the reason for that is that that, that these are all um, plants that produce off old growth. Okay. All right. So it's wood that's not that they've they've just produced this year. You can cut that off. You can get rid of that Mm. because they they produce on old spurs and those spurs can look like like little tiny warty fingers. You know, Mm. little tiny warty things, and that's where uh, the fruit will actually come off those off that particular plant. Gosh. Okay. So you prune off all the high growth, mm. um, and, and cut it back to the old growth. Okay. Um, you don't want a tree to get out of, its, out of control in that manner. And this is another great opportunity to be thinking about um, using espaliered fruit trees. Um, mm. I mean, the best ones are apples and pears for espaliering, mm. because then you, you're in control totally of mm. how long mm. those, those horizontal branches will go out. Mm. You keep on pruning them back. And where they, they send up the, the new growth, that's all the pruned point. off as well. Okay, and that's yeah, best yeah, done yeah. That's in That's quite the easy once
0: it gets started. Okay, so how do we know? Uh, for some of us, we may not know what sort of plum we've got. <laughs> how do we know? Um,
1: well, you, 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 it's very easy to tell what sort of plums you've got by the colour of the plums. Okay. Um, generally, the Japanese plums are all red. Throughout? You, throughout, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. the and the European plums are, are, are yellow and yes, uh, yellow-fleshed and so forth.
0: Thank you. Okay. Before we talk about more about the pruning process, I think we should go back to where the best tools because okay. we can't can't prune a tree without no. a tool. And what sort of tools do you use? What are the best ones in your opinion?
1: Okay. So heading in heading now into into winter. Yes. Um, this is the best time you pull out all those tools and, and you just go through them. So your secateurs, for instance, they can do with a good clean and you just use a, 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 a nice rag. Watch your fingers, for goodness mm-hmm. sake, because they'll be sharp, mm. and you just use some methylated spirits to clean those okay. up. good time. And then... Give everything a good oil before you before you start. And
0: oh, okay. The, so the methylated spirits, and then what sort of oil? Um, we
1: well, the, the best oil to get is a product called Lanox. L A N O X. Okay. And it is it is um, a superb um, oil that. You can buy in a, in a in a spray can. You can get it from Bunnings in the mm. in the tool section, um, and it is just absolutely superb. It, it's got lots of natural components within within the the product. Oh wow! So brilliant for you know for keeping rust and everything else away, and for ensuring that all those springs and those tools are all working beautifully. Okay. So clean up all your tools, clean up your pruning saws, clean up your your, your loppers, clean up your secateurs.
0: Something that I don't do enough of, and I haven't got any lanox or any of that, so we'll have to remember that and go and get some. Okay, so we've got our tools ready. Let's talk about – give us a lesson. Angles are important, and we need to understand the new and the old wood and all those sorts of things. Can you give us a quick lesson? So so
1: we're going to look at a plant. And the best thing to do before you get in there and, and start hacking away is to walk around that plant if you can. So if you've got one out in the middle of the lawn, walk around it, mm. have a look at the shape, mm. have a look at where, where it, it, is, it is presented the most. So if you've got a, um, a, a, a deciduous feature plant in the middle of a lawn or something, mm. mm-hmm. and it's seen from the front gate, then that's that the, is the you know the, the best most important best angle. Angle, yeah. yes. So. What you what you're then doing is you you are, you are then going to determine the size that, that plant is going to be in mm. that in that landscape. Yep. Um, what I always try to do with whether it's a, a fruit tree or whether it's a deciduous flowering plant is I shape it in the, into a form of a vase. Yes, that
0: was going right? to be my next question. Yes, tell us about the vase so, shape. okay,
1: so we want we want if you can imagine a, a, vase, a vase or or a or a, a, a wine glass. Yes, it's all hollow in the middle. Okay, and you've got all the 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 outside is is the glass, yes, and that's what you want to create in in a deciduous tree. You want light and air to get down into the centre of the plant to ensure that there's no disease happening down through there. Mm. The air percolation and and the the light will, you know, ensure that the that there's no build up of disease. Okay, and then you you uh, you determine the height of of that plant that you want to have it, and you go around and start off cutting at, at the at the top. But what you're looking for on each particular branch is a bud, Mm -hmm. and that bud is you're looking for an outward-growing bud. You don't want to cut a bud that's on the inside of the tree because it's going to then grow into the centre.
0: Internal,
1: yep. So you're looking for a bud that's going to grow outwards.
0: That makes sense. And that
1: is when you can fully understand just how much control Mm. you've got over that plant. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's a bud and it's growing this way. Click cut. (laughs) <laughs> and and that's where that plant's going to grow. Okay. It's going to shoot out from that.
0: Okay. Now, what about when you're talking about the heights? Now, how much of the canopy... Or, you know, my apple tree, for example, grows... Seems to grow enormously yeah. fast yeah. each year. How much of the canopy is it safe to remove without jeopardizing too much of the fruit the following season? And that's the, just that's just the, the point that, that
1: you, you know that we we had to do with your apple tree in particular mm. because it was so big. Mm. We had to cut off a lot of those fruiting spurs. Yes. So that would have reduced the amount of fruit that you're going to get for the first maybe two years.
0: That's what it is because it has yep. been two years and yep. I've had about two apples.
1: <laughs> yep. So from now on, that that older older fruit will have developed the spurs, which will then pr- produce. Lots and lots of, of uh, new wood. Okay. So once we've got a plant at a height that we wanted mm. and we've cut it back, that's what we cut it back to each, each year. year.
0: Okay, I understand.
1: All right? And then we can go in later on and just thin out some of the older branches internally mm. uh, when when uh, the new ones start to become productive.
0: And I need to do that fairly well soon. You do. Once winter comes. Now, talking about methods, you're talking about the vase shape. Now, we know what an espalier, or espalier, I say, espalier is. Yes. What, I've read something about central leader what is that does that make
1: a central leader is is the well if you if you just take any any tree for instance a tree mm. has got a central leader that is the main part of the trunk, the trunk that goes all the way up oh, so tr- that's called the central leader oh, okay and then what you have off that are, are the branches yeah, right. and in, a, in an aspalium um, fashion, yeah. you're reducing that tree from a three three dimensions to two dimensions, yeah. which is just literally height and, and width. Right, understand? Okay. Yep. So so you've got rather than having you know a vase shape, you've just yes. simply got a flat tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that tree can be incredibly productive. Yes, providing it gets plenty of food and plenty of water during its growing period. It's
0: Pruned the right way.
1: So and and what you then do is you you would select a, say you would select a stick is one of the best ways of starting off for an espalier plant. Oh, okay. It's just to get a stick, yeah, yeah. a long, tall stick. Yes. And then you would um, have your horizontal branches coming off every 200 mil apart. So okay. 200 mil off the ground, you'd have a, have a, 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 wire. a, lo- a wire going out mm. to whatever length you want to go. Mm. Generally, two metres is, is plenty, mm-hmm. or even three, one you know one and a half either way. Mm. And then another 200 mil, another row, and then another 200 and so forth, right up to whatever height you like. You can go up to, you know, three metres if you wanted to. You just
0: can't get your apples <laughs> if you go. They're too high up there, can you? No. Okay. All right, now what is uh, – just things that I've read, what is formative pruning as opposed to renovation pruning? I suppose formative pruning – is that what we were just talking about with the espalier, you, it's what you're doing you, you, to start you, off with? Exactly. Okay. So
1: so if we, if we just think about um, formative planting in uh, – formative pruning in, in that stick, for instance mm. – that stick is is got height in it but it hasn't got any branches mm, growing off it mm, okay so what you what you're looking for is a node about where that horizontal wire is going to run mm-hmm. okay yep and then what you do is you find that node and you you make a small cut above that node to stop stop the sap flow going around it and continuing upwards.
0: So a tiny cut into the central leader.
1: You cut into the central leader yeah. and you remove what is called the cambium and okay. the phloem of part of the part so of the plant. Couple of layers and in. then and then the sap will come up from the root system, goes up to where that bud is. It it can't go around it. So it turns that bud on and that uh, bud then becomes that first branch.
0: Gosh, it's clever.
1: So then you do the same thing all the way up that all the way up that, and that's that form of pruning.
0: Okay. I like that. Good idea. Okay. Suckers. They can be a pain, can't they?
1: Yes. What do we um, do with them? Right. Get them out. Now, the old the old thought of doing suckering of treating suckers was to go along with a with a sharp knife, a pair of secateurs, or whatever else, and cut those suckers out.
0: That's old thought. That's what I
1: do. That is the old way of doing it. Um, Having spent a bit of time with Phil Shepherd, who was um, probably a um, fourth-generation nurseryman for growing fruit trees, I saw him treat suckers in the way that I would never have contemplated. Yeah, yeah. He literally goes down if there's a sucker coming down from below a graft rather than cutting it off he rips it off
0: oh. and by ripping
1: it off he destroys that that growing bud yeah. that's inside that that plant okay so it literally ripped off okay you think oh my god it's you know he's going to damage it but that's it the best way to treat suckers okay. rip them off
0: well I have a, I, my crab apple and I'm looking at it out the wind, the kitchen window has a, constantly growing suckers and I try I mean I grab them thinking I'll pull them out and they're, they're tough they are tough so I can't rip them off I'm going to have to cut them You're
1: going to have to use a, a okay. sharp knife or a spade or something and just, just hack at them just hack at them
0: Okay all right we'll do that do we, should we move on to, to roses? Because mm-hmm. it's also an ideal time to be pruning those. Now, I gather there are four main re, four main rules that should be followed when doing that. Do you know what they Ooh, are? Oh, you
1: give you tell me what the four main rules oh, are. Well, the ones that I... Big, I'm not a big rose well, fan. Well, you but, don't, you don't know, have many in your you garden. I
0: don't have many, but I've got a couple. <laughs> okay, so number one, remove any dead, damaged or diseased wood on the plants, regardless mm-hmm. of variety. It yep. doesn't matter what they are. And suckers. And suckers. Direct cuts just above an outward-facing bud, particularly when we're removing top growth to mm-hmm. avoid congestion. Yep. And if cutting above an inward bud, just as you said before, it's really just the same as the tree, the branch will grow inward. Yep. This is where the new growth will come away from, so plan your cuts. Think That's about right. what you're doing, as you've just said. Ensure the cut is as close to the bud as possible to prevent any dieback. Yes. Yes? Yes. And angle all cuts to allow water to run off the cut and away from the bud, which exactly. is really what you've said. Yep. About other things yep. as well. Okay. Now I have moving on from the roses because I can't tell you any more about that, and you're not going to tell me anything more about that, obviously. Um, I have an ornamental grapevine growing alongside my carport. Mm-hmm. How do I prune that? You, can you tell me? Because um, I don't really know what to do with that.
1: Okay. So with with grapevines, if you if you see them out in the in the in the you know the, the vineyard yeah, vineyards and so forth, fields, yeah. um, they cut those right back hard. To um, uh, this great big knobbly growthy bit. Mm. Uh, and that's where the new growth is going to come off that. When, you, when, you, when you're using it like I am to grow um, over an arbor yes. or underneath an arbor in my yes, case, yes. what I tend to do is, is I leave a lot of the length in the, in the, the vines mm. and maybe cut it back maybe a half. Whatever it is, so I've got a, I've got some runners that would be at the moment probably four meters long, mm. and I'll cut that back to two meters. Okay. All right, back to the back to the, the to towards the main part of the plant.
0: All right, well, because I've got so I've got two on the other side of you know the beams or not the beams the posts on my mm-hmm. carport is coming to meet each other. So if I do that, then I'm gonna
1: no. You, what I you're don't... gonna do is you, you're gonna you're gonna be cutting back that plant by a couple of meters either side, but then next year. When that plant takes off, it's got all that energy that's already pre-stored within the vines, mm. and that's going to then give you give that plant a lot a more energy to to, to to get right across. So
0: cut it back. So yeah. cut it back. Cut okay. it back. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to show him when I go out. Um, no, that sounds fine. All right. Now I've given many of my mophead hydrangeas a really good prune this year as they become quite large and congested. Yes. I fear that some of them may not survive, but there was no other way to deal with them, unfortunately. And I got to one with the chain—not not the chainsaw, but the hedge trimmer—because it was <laughs> just had so many so many branches on it. I just was going to be there for days, mm-hmm. otherwise, with my little secateurs. Um, what does survive may contain more fo- foliage and flowers this spring and summer, which is going to be a bit sad. But I just have to go through that. Now we want to prune a hydr we know to prune a hydrangea stem back to a healthy double bud, as we've discussed.
1: Ah, uh, yes, that's only the macrofillers.
0: Sorry, the macrophyllis <laughs> in particular. But how do you re- recommend pruning a really large shrub like I did and just go hack, 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 <laughs> but then you're not, I don't know if it's going to survive. Okay,
1: so you, what you've got to do is you, you've got to make, make a big decision about that plant. You've got to say, well, it's too big okay. and I'm going to have to really get in there and hammer it. And maybe and, and it'll then, come and back. And then next year... You won't you won't be doing any anywhere near as much cutting back of that particular plant.
0: Okay, so we'll come back. Yeah, Annie. we'll
1: come back. But what you want to be going through, particularly with the hydrangeas, looking looking for the real old growth that's in the centre, yeah. and cutting that right out.
0: Oh, I did that with uh, a lot, but some of them just oh my god.
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll, you know you you'll, you'll have a beautiful rounded. Bushy plant, yes. Next year, Be but lovely foliage full. No, not, not a great deal of flower on no. it,
0: <laughs> and that still look good. Yeah. And I also have my lovely uh, cuttings, which will replace anything that I've absolutely yeah. murdered. So that's a good thing. Um, all right, what else? Well, I th- oh, well, you said about the mopeds, That we're talking about macrophyllis or mopeds. Yep. What about the paniculatas and, and the uh, quercifolias? quercifolias? Right.
1: You can cut those back as hard as you like. You can cut those right down to ground level. Both? Both.
0: Oh, good. That's easy. All right.
1: It's, uh, it's so much simpler um, pruning for those for sorts of things than it is for the, the macrophyllis. Oh, good. Okay. So, cut them back down to the ground in, okay. in, uh, when they're dormant.
0: All
1: right. I've got, a, I've got an, another little thing that I would like to share in terms of pruning, and that applies to when you're cutting um, big limbs, off a off a plant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What you've got to be be very careful of is is not cutting from the top to start with. Right. right. So we've got a we've got a branch that is coming off the trunk.
0: What sort of tree are you talking about? Well,
1: any tree, any any deciduous, okay. any any tree, not not even the deciduous tree, any tree at all. all. Right. Because that one big branch contains an awful lot of weight, mm-hmm. and what can happen if you start to cut that from the top? the weight of the branch will fall down mm. and it will rip and yes. tear the bark down. all the yeah, way down. down the trunk. So when you're cutting a big limb, you always make the cut underneath the the the, 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 mm-hmm. uh, the limb itself. Yes. So you start from the, the underneath it yes. and you cut upwards. Okay. And then the next cut is made further out from uh, that first cut. Yeah. Alright. So we're going further out, yeah. out that branch, yes. and you start to cut through that. And what will happen is when, you, when it gets a, a little bit over halfway, the weight of the branch will then drop down mm. and that cut will go through the, 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 the limb to where you've made the first cut and just literally fall down on the ground.
0: Oh, makes sense. And
1: then you need to tidy up that cut by cutting it back as close as you can to, towards the trunk of the tree. Okay. But if you don 't and you leave a stump out there, that stump will dry mm-hmm. it will allow pest disease to go in through yeah. the middle of that yep. um, through the you know through the the longer cells in mm. the, um, the phloem into that and then into the into the plant and you 'll destroy it mm. by cutting it closer back towards the main trunk. that plant will calcify over that Those, it'll, the cambium lower layer will grow over that. Cut and sealed Lovely, it off perfectly. Neat cut. Yep, you need beautifully. a very
0: good saw, a very good sharp saw for that because I know exactly. I've tried cutting things with my blunt saw and made a big mess of them. No. <laughs> no, Elizabeth, good. no. All right, now, I'm sorry, but I'm moving on to more trees. I yeah. have, I'm just thinking about my own, I'm selfishly thinking about my own garden here. I have four crepe myrtles also waiting to be pruned. Yes. <laughs> when? How? Okay.
1: I've got, After I've, got, I've got about eight crepe myrtles in my front yard. Waiting. Or, or, or waiting to be pruned. Yes. Um Now, a lot of people don't understand that if they don't cut their crepe myrtles back and they allow them just to get as big as they were originally designed to be, mm-hmm. then you're, they're not going to get anywhere near a good f- um, flowering, flowering they In, in yeah. the next season. yeah, yeah. yeah. So... I always cut back my crate myrtles by a third.
0: Okay, good to know.
1: So you know you're cutting all that all that yeah, new growth off, yep. right back to the to the you know, to the almost to the you know the, the trunk of the plant or the top of the plant. Wow. Okay. So that's an awful lot that's coming off that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can do do that same thing with plants like mulberries. Yeah. You cut those back almost to the to the you know the the top, mm-hmm. uh, and they will re- regrow from there. Okay. Um, persimmons, another one that that. Um, you do that same sort of thing, you know, that same sort of pruning. Mm. So, hard pruning is, is best done by your you crepe myrtles, so yes. cut them back by a third.
0: Okay, looking forward to doing that, I think. Um, I also have some buddleia. How do we cut? I know buddleias aren't one of your favourites, but they're one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> they're a, well, they're much? a long
1: cany, stemmy thing, aren't they?
0: Yeah, so what? We can cut them, you give them cut, a bit you, of a hack.
1: You can cut those back by half.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Well, that, and that'll encourage really bushy lots of bushy with lots and, and, lots and lots of lots lovely of regrowth, lots of lovely flowers for the lovely butterflies that they, they encourage they, they, into the, the, the garden. The butterflies do like it, but yes. you know,
1: I just find them a little bit too too stemmy for pretty, my liking.
0: Pretty, they're pretty. Keith. They're pretty. <laughs> Cedar autumn Joy, That's sitting in my garden looking as though like it needs a bit of a cut, but that you can really go berserk with and cut them right you, you, back to the...
1: Best, your best bet to that is to actually look down the bottom of the plant yes. itself and just have a look at what's happening down there. New growth, You'll lovely You'll see the new, new growth. growth will start to form. Yep. And that also applies to things like salvias. Yes. So the salvias will will produce a new floret down the bottom yes. and then you cut all the old spent wood mm. back down to that new floret and bang, the way they'll go next spring. I'm I'll anxiously waiting
0: them. to move my mystic spires, Salvia, but they just keep on flowering and flowering and flowering like I think yours probably do too.
1: Absolutely. And
0: like, I'm waiting for that rosette because I want to move them, but it's not happening. I suppose it will. It will. It'll, it will. It'll come. It'll come. Okay. Well, I think we covered quite a lot, unless you've got more you want to tell me. No, I, I, I just
1: think, you know, you, 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 with... with Anything, if, you, if you love your garden and you, you love to Have keep it shape and controlled, then make sure you, you, you go out and you buy the best possible tools that you can. Yep, yep, that's um, I, 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 look, I save up for my tools and I only buy the best that the I think that, that's around and I've used lots and lots of brands of secateurs over the years. Um, the first ones I ever had were Felco number falco number twos and i've still got those Mm. um and everything's replaceable on those but in terms of ease of of um of of, of use and and if you've got a a, you know a lot of plants in your garden i mean you know we've got 80 old fruit trees in the backyard they're all going to be pruned Mm. then i use a pair of lowey secateurs (gasps) which
0: very best which yeah
1: and and the lowey ones are, are just absolutely superb for, uh, for the ease of use They, you know, they just cut I'll, so well I An was, anvil cut
0: You very kindly gifted me mm. some A few years ago And I could not believe the ease Compared to what I've been using beforehand They are just fantastic yeah. So do check them out Well it looks like we have our work cut out for us For the next few weeks and months I think We'll certainly be kept fit and warm While we chop, saw And then remove all that garden waste Which we can turn into mulch With Keith's mulcher He brings <laughs> it up And our plants will thank us for it With fresh new growth from spring and beyond Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.